Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today's episode is brought to you by the Bayfield Brewing Company. And today, I am so excited to have on a 36-year-old from Quiznell, British Columbia, Canada. His hockey journey took him to Canada, the USA, Italy, Germany, and Wales. He's a two-time EIHL second-team All-Star. He had the most goals by a D-man in the Italian circuit, 2010-11. Challenge Cup champion and was the captain of the misfits that were the Cardiff Devils, 2014-15. And he is also an MBA graduate with distinction from Cardiff Met. Welcome to the podcast, Tyson Marsh. Thanks, big guy. You really had to dig deep for uh, that highlight reel, didn't you? No, no. It's all right there, man. Just like served me on a silver platter. You left out that I'm your classmate. Well, oh, well, we're going to get in. I thought that would be the headline. Well, that was just your introduction. So now I get into how we know each other, which, yeah, you were my Capitano, um, you know, in, in school, in hockey, in life. Um, we tried to keep off in line that year too. Um, but the three of us did our MBAs at the Met together, eh? What a, what a time. Just, just, just living. Uh, a shout out to, uh, episode 10, Kumar. Kumar. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the, the oldest looking, uh, whatever how old he was in the world. What was he like? 23. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he, uh, He's still a beauty, man. I had him on the pod. He was the first one I ever recorded with. I was uh, had a couple ales, and reached out to him, and all of a sudden I was doing my first ever podcast. I just didn't release it till episode ten because, you know, I, I I had to get my feet wet there with pigs and everyone before we could go with Kumar. But anyways, moving on. That school was interesting. Um, remember when I used Kumar's ID to get thirty percent off beer? <laughs> do you remember that there was a lot of stuff in that school that was not quite on the rails but whatever it worked okay okay so the part of how we know each other which is cardiff met and we're on the topic now before i go to the other reasons how we know each other i just want your version of when we were doing our project management i knew this was course um i just want the story of the debate do you know what i mean Yes, I knew you were going to bring it up. I don't know what you want to hear. We we went in there. 
okay. So if you Give want them a little background, background here, oh, yeah, you know, we, they, we got to let the listeners know what's going on here. It's near the end of the season. So we had just, we had won the challenge cup two or three days later, we had to go right back to Sheffield and play them again. You all knew that wasn't going to go well. I didn't I think we got pumped like 15 one or something. At the end. It I think it was 11 one, but uh, folks, listeners, I'm pretty sure I was even. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven one, so we're feeling really good about ourselves going back to school like day or two later, and we have a debate, and I don't know on project management, and we prepared pretty well. We killed all those projects for the most part. Yep. The only issue was, it's a it's quite a multicultural class, and not everybody exactly understood what a debate was. And so the debate team on the other side of the room had just Googled what a debate was. And all it said was you basically have to tear apart the life of the people across from you. So we're going through our debate. One of the rules was once you speak, you're not allowed to speak anymore. So we went person to person to person. We were killing it too. Like we were just destroying everything they had to say. Like Guys on, like, yeah. guys on our guys on our table were just sliding me notes. I was just shooting down everything they were talking about. Shout out to Tom Good, eh? The only Welsh boy in the Tommy. class. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. Anyway, it, it gets to the one girl who apparently she thought we were like in contention for like top marks or something. And uh, she just started to start ripping into me personally, which I wasn't having it. So she just starts, she starts bringing up leadership and projects. And then she brings up that I'm the captain of the Cardiff Devils and we just lost 15 to one. And how can this guy over across from me talk about project management, and, yeah. leadership? <laughs> she cut to the core. <laughs> just unnecessarily. We're at Cardiff Metropolitan University discussing skyscrapers or whatever it was we were talking about. She starts ripping into the 15-1 loss we just had, the 11-1 loss we just had. I was ready to run across the room. Anyway. Yeah. I, I've yeah. never been more mad, and I wasn't allowed to talk. It's probably a good thing I wasn't allowed to talk, because you're right. probably it would have said something you're, I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> you were bright red, and uh, you had already talked, and the rules were you weren't allowed to yeah. speak again. And she, she um, just oh. <laughs> cut to the soul. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, you were, you were upset for, uh, for weeks. Um, I don't, you know what, Uh, well, let's not talk about, this is a fun podcast. I said, I don't want to start the podcast this way. I don't want to upset you at the start. That's, you know, um, so you got it out of the way. I knew it was coming. So, um, we spent two seasons together with the Cardiff Devils and we really did, have a very well you were there longer than me but for my two years there we had very similar experiences we both Mm -hmm. did the mba together Mm -hmm. um and we both had a child in wales um the i guess that was our first year there right yours was the first year too we all doing the school they're back to back back to back uh, jacks they're like a month or two apart weren't they yeah that's i mean i i was february yeah when January. It's okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah I knew yeah. it was all right there. I just, <laughs> you know, um, 
<laughs> some things I remember, some things I don't. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, the other thing, how we really know each other would be uh, we both enjoyed a good gag ball. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That would be the Andrew Lord summer workout for the old folks on the team. Mm -hmm. um, just us two, right? Just for the record, I did it voluntarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything you were, was you were, Yours was like, yours was, you needed to show up. It was like, I don't want to call it fat camp, but they, he wanted you there no matter what. Yeah, well, thanks for coming to support me, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can we explain what the gag ball was? Or have you Yeah, no, you go ahead. Before? You got to explain it. Whatever it was, it looked ridiculous, but it was it was all about just working out without big weights. And we had it's basically like strapping on a whole bunch of uh, rubber bands to your arms, legs, knees, and whatever. And it looked absolutely ridiculous. But you throw your hands around, you stomp around, you do it for jogs. It was hard as hell, though. Like I remember really the first was. time we did it, it was ludicrous. That's why we kept doing it. It was like, oh, this is tough. I have to say though, as much as it looked ridiculous, by uh, you know, you know, when you get out on the ice for the first time in the summer, like you've been off for a few months, and it feels like you've never skated before, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, I'm gonna have to play hockey soon. Like I feel absolutely terrible. That summer, the first time I got on the ice, my legs felt unbelievable. I like, know. I felt <laughs> like I was ready to go to practice. I, uh, I remember it because I was right at the end and I was like, I, we did the school and then I was like, well, we, I think yourself too. We were both like, well, let's play one more year where we can just be hockey players and have fun. And then Lordo had me do that. And I learned a completely different workout, a completely different routine. And there was no heavy weights. There was no running all over the place. There was a bunch of shuttle stuff, but yeah. most of it was jumping around and swinging your arms around and like having control of like a squat and moving your upper body, but not your lower body. And you're right. When I got on the ice, I literally hadn't felt that good since I was like 23. I'm not even joking. And then like the first preseason game, I hurt my knee. Yeah. <laughs> and then about uh, six weeks later, it was all over. <laughs> but I did feel really good for the first couple practices and that first <laughs> period <laughs> and then just yeah terrible luck just oh terrible dear luck. but so that's all how we know each other is we did the school together we carpooled the school together we basically we did the, spent we basically spent every day together yeah we had kids together the whole yeah. thing was just yeah we were just, we were in you know, it to we, win we it broke we broke down life our drives through uh what was the town called like the area of cardiff we'd drive through landoff oh. Yeah, nice area. I really liked going to school. I thought I really enjoyed the experience like of actually doing it while playing hockey. I, I don't know what it did for you, but I feel like I am so I was so much more prepared for the real world and how busy you are in a day with children work and like hockey players. It's not when you travel a lot, it's different. But like when you're at home and you're playing home games, like it's a pretty easy lifestyle. Yeah. You know, uh, you know what I found about going to school we were playing like you always assume it's going to be like and everybody's like oh it's going to be a distraction you're going to be tired you're not going to be ready for your games every year that i went to school like through my whole career from junior all the way to the end and pro 
the years that I was in school full time were like my were my best seasons. Yeah, it keeps you moving during the day, and it keeps your mind sharp on yeah. not not just hockey and thinking about the game the entire day. You have other things occupying your mind, so then when you get to the game, you're like, okay, like re- you know, I, I I cough it up in our end, and we get scored on and lose. I just got to go to school the next day and forget all about it. You don't got to worry about it anymore. Well, like when that one guy would take off his jacket in class. And he would smell so bad that remember <laughs> that that they had to open up all the windows because he he would take his jacket off so they'd open up the windows and then because he'd he, he smelled bad. <laughs> Do you remember that guy? Yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that got your mind off of losing the night before, right? <laughs> I think we spent a lot of a lot of that class in the uh, in the campus bar. <laughs> um yeah yeah that was the best part of the school it no the bar, it right was the like and we would have like we we were busy people and we would and have they were cheap because they assumed we were all broke broke uh students so the beers were super cheap right and if you look like kumar you got 30 percent off because they look like he was a senior well and i used his id right the, yeah. the student id <laughs> um, how about the guy in the one class that was right in the front row sleep every day <laughs> You remember that guy? We like made it. We thought he was like a superhero by night, and then he just came in his class, and slept all day. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I remember his nickname. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but uh, the other thing is, is uh, oh, geez, I lost my train of thought. Oh man, yeah, that school was just. Uh, it was fun. I I thought it was it was fun. We learned a lot, and. Uh, you get an MBA in a year. I mean, that, that it was a lot of work for us, but we did her. But I liked how you'd have an hour in between class when, when, and we had busy lives and, and we had an hour to just sit down. We'd do some schoolwork even, but we'd mm-hmm. sit there and have a beer together and we would talk about life and do schoolwork mm-hmm. and it was fun. I don't know. We thought at the time we were busy. Now we're busy. Oh. That time, that's like a dream now. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. It gets busy, especially when you start hitting your shed three nights a week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You decided to start, you decided to start a whole other, uh, whole it's other pa- uh, enterprise, new it's a enterprise. Pa- passion project. Yeah. So speaking of that is mm. we do have a sponsor, which I am drinking out of my snook stout glass. That was kindly provided to me by Bayfield brewing company, which, this beer is incredible. It's a dark brew. And let me tell you about it, actually, Tyson. The Snook Stout, named after Ryan O'Reilly, is their darkest feature, showcasing the creaminess and deep flavor of an Irish-style stout and a rich and balanced flavor profile with hints of roasted malts and caramelization. This beer is an ode to our Stan- local Stanley Cup champion, Ryan O'Reilly. A portion of the proceeds from every Snook Stout sold is donated to the Bayfield Community Center, to help keep the love of hockey strong in our community for years to come. Shout out to Bayfield episode with Jeremy Welsh um, for this is how that all. Yeah. They, he talked about that Bayfield community center. Sounds like a place that we need to get the boys together and buy some snook stouts to keep a rolling. I like it. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Where are you and what are you doing now? Cause last time I saw you was at a, a Jason Aldean concert and uh, none of us knew that Kane Brown was a good singer. So we all stood outside and chatted before we knew he was good. Hey, eh? the opening act. I remember that. I hadn't seen you guys in forever though. How often do you get to hang out? Well, exactly. It was so fun to see. Uh, and with Dougie, big Dougie was there. 
But uh, Jason Aldean, who else was there? There was somebody else who opened Chris up. Chris Young. Chris Young. Oh, yeah, he was good. No, you know what you want me to the, the best part of that story is what happened at the end of the concert. I don't. Nope. You don't. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that they overserved me. That's not supposed to happen in the city. It's supposed to cut off farm farm town boys like me well before <laughs> that when they hit the city. Um, nope, nothing happened at the end of the concert. Great concert. Had had a great time. Right? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome so where, where nobody was what, looking for you at the end. Where and what are you doing now? <laughs> it's like when I misplaced my hotel room after the uh, Challenge Cup win. <laughs> yeah, it happens to the best of us. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> we uh, well, I mean, uh, staying home a lot, of course, like everybody. But we moved out to uh, Georgetown, Ontario, last summer, actually. Hey, that's where I'm born. Cheers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey. Cheers, man. Back to my, I, I was there. Uh, I lived in Aaron until I was one, and then we moved to Elmira. Yeah, yeah. Know the area well. So I didn't know, um, I didn't know anything about this area before we moved out here. So like yeah. the, um, my office uh, where I work is right by the airport, and we were just looking. At, we were in Vaughan. It was like crazy busy, and we just wanted to get out of there. So we basically drew a circle around the airport. And it was like where's a house that we can afford i mean it up here it's great i love it circle around the airport no we did like a circumference like how far i'm willing to drive like like is my from my office like of all the gta we're like where can we afford a house and then we're like oh georgetown sounds nice we started looking up here real estate's not the cheapest and around that those parts um so what are you doing what are you doing now what is the office what do you do well, if I say I build sky like uh, skyscraper condominiums, it sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. In reality, I do a lot of paperwork. I'm not actually the guy with the hard hat out there doing it. But no, nah, I work for uh, work for a company, a construction management company. We uh, <clears throat> we manage the construction of big all the condo towers that are going up all over downtown. So I'm the guy that's in charge of contracts and <clears throat> drawings and keeping track of the budget and all that fun stuff. Once in a while, I do get to put some boots on and a hard hat and take a tape measure and look like I'm a real man and walk around the job site. But I could see you having a hard time, like not getting your hand, like getting to work, you know, like work. Um, like I, I know it's yeah. hard. It's hard sitting at a computer. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, like. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you mean. It was hard for me to sit at a desk for so long. Um, it really makes you appreciate what you had when mm-hmm. you do sit at a chair for eight hours a day. Uh, but I do have a good job. I ain't complaining. I, I love it. But it is an adjustment. You know what I do like, though, I got to say, is uh, it's kind of like a team atmosphere. Like we each building i'm working on is like a team we got some guys we got some guys that work on the site and some guys in the office or girls or whoever and we you're a team on that project so it's it's kind of uh you'll get a little little, uh, team atmosphere and camaraderie with the boys a little bit some good guys so um okay so 
I remember because I was the one that persuaded you to get into project management um, when we were doing the MBA. So you're you're not upset hey. with our decision then? I owe I owe it all to you, really. <laughs> okay, because I was the one that said I needed to get into project management because I had a goal and. It just sounded yeah. way more exciting than the whatever finance stuff that Hoth wanted to do. I didn't want anything to do with that. So, yeah, fi- MBA in finance, product development, or project management, I think were the options. Or you just I do wanted it. product development. Well, sorry, Tyson, but we got you got to be in class with me all the time, unless there was a hot pool game against Tom Good <laughs> in, the, in the lobby. Okay. Uh, Moving on then, um, one part is you do have the one kid from Wales, Lachlan, but you did have another one, right? So you got some kids? Yeah, we did. We got another uh, baby girl, Bryce. She was born, um, she's almost 18 months now, December uh, 2019. So we're uh, we're fully, fully into the two kids running around the house. Bonkers. It's definitely a change from the one, but no, it's awesome. It's uh they're a little, a uh, little further apart than, um, than your two, but pretty much the same boy, girl. Yeah. It's uh busy times. Mine are like, like, it's weird. They're like, yours are pretty it, much driving now. So you're uh, fine, they're, right? they're, yeah, they're getting older. It, it really happens fast, man. Like when you look back at some of the pictures and videos of like, even our time in Cardiff and then to look at them now, you're like, I know, man, we're getting old. <laughs> Um, like, I, I, yeah, we haven't seen each other in years and like, we spent every day together for two years. Um, but anyways, moving on is, uh, I did want to give a shout out to Sil Cells, right? Hey, I right? like it. Very nice. Yeah. Um, I see she's gotten into your wife's gotten into real estate and, uh, by the looks of Instagram, it looks like she's doing well in the Georgetown area. Yeah. She's, uh, well, she was planning on, uh, making the change to real estate for a few years so she did her license and stuff and then uh with the lack of uh airline industry right now it kind of helped give her a, a push right because she was uh she, she was, was, a, a, she was flight a flight attendant, attendant for years so technically she is still uh employed by uh, the airline but not that she's flying anywhere but. gotcha well no, congratulations to her i think yeah. it's a good business to get into um houses keep selling so hey. um Okay, moving on is, and if anybody is looking for a home in the Georgetown area, look up Sill Sells. Christina um, Marsh. Christina Marsh, Sill Sells, Instagram, whatever. Okay, I want to know what minor hockey and growing up in Quiznell is like. Well, first of all, it's pronounced Quinell. It's a... Uh, Quinell, so it's French? It's a French name in the middle of northern BC. Make, yeah, okay. I gave you a whole history lesson, but I'll spare you on that. You probably told me on the way to the mat. <laughs> I'm sure we did. No, it was awesome. I, um, I like anybody that leaves a small town, they always want to leave. But you get older, you realize um, how great it was living there. And it's not up in like the Yukon. Like if, if someone from Vancouver, if you were to say, where's Cornell? If they know where it is or if they've heard of it, they'd say it's like way up north. It's only like halfway up near like prince george i don't know i don't know bc much at all because i never really got out there but if anybody heard me crack that that was another snook stout (laughs) (laughs) um no i really don't know bc at all i actually don't think i ever got out there i was supposed to go to justin kelly's wedding 
And geez, she just wasn't in the uh, price range because it was the same price as like going to Europe to get to yes, Vancouver. Yeah. Right now, a little cheaper. You don't not really supposed to be going anywhere, but uh, but good deals. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's why. No, I love that. I uh, I don't know. Like anybody that grows up in a small town, you, you play for the one hockey, the one rep team that there is. Luckily, at that time, we were tri- we were considered AAA. It's all based on. Uh, population how many people are in quinell uh, 25 30,000 oh depends what the uh the, the logging industry is like at the time because uh it goes up and down a little bit but okay so is that what your parent you how did your parents end up there is that what they were into my dad dad was born and raised there we're actually spare you the whole thing sort of a pioneer family like my great grandpa was there from like way back and then uh, my mom moved up there from the okanagan in bc to uh to teach back in the early 70s okay hey, it's just like uh two young kids back in the 70s you know mm-hmm. just fell in love um okay um then you did make your hometown bchl team right um as oh, yeah. a young buck that must have been a big day for you eh? big day uh, I mean, it was bittersweet because I just got released in Tri-City in the WHL and had to come back home. But So, luckily, uh, were you drafted to the WHL? No, I was never drafted. Um, went to, uh, yeah, I, got, I don't know what they have. I can't remember what they have, like, their protected lists and stuff. So, I was on, like, the Tri-City Americans protected list or something and went down there to... Uh, try and make the team and got released by Don Hay. He sent me home to, uh, to Cornell. So luckily we had a team to play for and I was able to make the team. It's not like that was a, a shoe either, but yeah, that was pretty fun. Like the rings. How, old, how old are you then? 16. And then you play one year, um, in your hometown and, and the then millionaires. You, the millionaires, I had that written down. I was like, geez, must be a nice area. Yeah. Um, one year for the millionaires and then uh, my rights or whatever, your protected rights or something, got traded to the expansion Vancouver Giants. So you guys were don't an look, expansion team. Don't look up how old that makes it. Oh, yeah, I already told everybody. Uh, yeah, expansion team. How do you think I made the team? Oh, we... What do you mean? You're, you're a pro for like a lot of years, man. Like, <laughs> Do you stop selling yourself short? Is this still a mental block from that gal in the debate? Yeah, you're good, Tyson. I'm still hurting. I'm still you're hurting. A, you're a leader. I'm Don't worry hurting. about her. It still was it was that. my fault for making all the guys drink so much after a championship. Okay. No, you know what it was? It was a blessing in disguise, really, because I got to go to Vancouver as a 17 year old. We were expansion team, so we weren't great. By the end of the year, they traded all the older players away. And, I think, uh, and so I got to play a ton, like I, as a 17 year old. And, and that's when you really develop, right? As Bob's you your uncle. Yeah. Yeah. A couple Bob. names I wrote down with my research team was hot at work. Uh, right before this was uh, you played with uh, Freestyle Friday uh, participant episode about 21 Ty ray morris was he on the team did he have a beard back then yeah he did he looked like he was 32 when we were teenagers 
Is that right? Because his beard is absolutely absurd now. Yeah, it wasn't like it is now. I think he had like a small goatee going at the time, but uh, yeah, I yeah. Well, he would have been trying just, to grow something. Uh, he wasn't there long. I think I was just like a little bit my last my nineteen year old year. I think he came. Okay, I just saw his months. name on the roster, and I just he yeah. had a terrible curve. Um, and the only other person I really <laughs> noticed was Gilbert. Barule, uh, because he was the high draft pick when Thanks. I went to, huh? Uh, I'm just kidding. He, uh, Gilbert, yeah, he we got drafted to Columbus, like he was the first round, like sixth overall pick when I was going to camp there. So, and then I saw him and he was like smaller than me, and I was like, how do people my size actually get drafted sixth overall? Hell of a player. He actually played in Cornell when he was a 15 year old, he played for my uh. Quiznell. <laughs> he played there as as a 15 year old in junior. So obviously he was ridiculously talented and highly uh, highly touted. But no, the funny story is he came. So he comes as a 16 year old. It would have been, and um, I forget if this was. Yeah, this is his his first year. He might have come and played games as a 15 year old, but. We had, you know, the old Wiley, like, 20-year-old vets on the team that have been around forever. Oh, yeah. So the one guy, so he comes in the room, and, he, and, he, and they're all trying to say his name. He's, like, introducing himself. I'm Gilbert, Gilbert. And the guys are like, no, that's too hard to, that's, that's too hard to say. You're Frank from now on. Just, we're just going to call you Frank. That's it. And they're kind of stuck. <laughs> so he, he was Frank the whole yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, dear. Some of the nicknames out there, something else. Frank, he's a good player, though, eh? And a little right-handed yeah. shot. That was my size. That's why when I saw him in Columbus, that name always stuck with me because I was like, geez, he must be real. I never saw him actually skate because I got to, I didn't get to skate with the real players when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. What was your jersey number, like 66 or 67 or something? Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even, I might not have even got one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So you guys played there. And if you're an expansion team, you probably suck. Um, So that happens. But what I was confused about then is your fourth season, you play one game and then all of a sudden you're a professional hockey player. I played a game that year. That's what it said. Exhibition or what? Uh, it said one game played. I don't know. I just go off what my, my research team finds. What's your research team doing? I don't know. Sorry. No, <laughs> that was uh, so my 20-year-old year. I'd already signed. I'd signed with uh, Toronto. and um, As a free agent then? Yeah. So the whole story is I, I got to play that year as a 17-year-old. So got to play a ton. But we were just, you know, we obviously weren't great. So that was my draft year, and I had a bunch of people telling me I was probably going to get drafted, probably going to get drafted. So it's uh, draft time in June. I was in grade 12. I'm at home in Cornell studying for my final exams, like during the draft, because I didn't even, I didn't want to watch. And uh, I get a call, like, during the time the draft is on, and it's the Leafs. I'm like, thinking I got drafted for sure. And they're like, no, oh, no, we didn't draft you. I'm like, no. They're like, well, we'd like you to come to camp for something uh, this fall, of course. So I'm like, yeah, of course, sign me up. Like, Absolutely. So I went to camp 
as an 18 year old. And uh, it really worked out better than if I was drafted in like the last round or something. Because if you're drafted in the last round, you get there, they get to keep your rights for free, right? Yeah. Since I was a free agent, I went to camp. And if they would have let me go, go for nothing, then I'm back in the draft as an 18 year old. So they gave me a deal. They gave me a little entry level deal. And I went back to junior for another two years. So it worked out unreal. So you know you're going to get the money once you leave junior. Yeah. So the contract just slides until you're you ready to start. Until but you they start did not, control. nobody had to draft you because they got you in between your two draft years. Yep. Mm. So anyway, at, at, so my 20 year old year, now you're eligible to play, to play pro. So I was at, I was at camp with Vancouver and I think I played one exhibition game before um, at least camp started. Gotcha. Well, Elite prospects as you play at a regular season game, sir. Right. But that's know, a lie. Okay. Well, I don't really care. <laughs> um, if you did or you didn't, it doesn't matter to me. So no. you're going to an NHL training camp now because that's where where we're getting real now. So what type of players are on the Leafs when you go to your first camp? Well, this will take you back a few years. This is uh did training. you have hair? It was thinning. I had hair. Is that right? I had long hair. I can't picture you with hair. I've never known you with hair. I know. That's what my kids are going to say one day. I had long hair because it was starting to thin a little bit. So I just grew it out. I was like, oh, I'm going to grow the hockey hair. Like you were trying to have hockey hair? Like it was down below your ears? Oh, it was just whatever, shagginess or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is Leafs Camp 2002. On my training camp team is Alex McGillney, Yerky Lume, uh, Aki Berg, and I think Robert Reichel was on my camp team too. There's a few other guys. That's old, that's old school. Yeah, I remember Rick Jackman. Uh, he he was in uh, came over and played in Brayhead. He was on. I think he was at that camp too. Um, but I should tell you this one. So this is why people at work get get me going, and they want to hear stories about old Leafs and stuff. So I'm at this at this camp. This is in the days when it was still like a couple weeks. It was like at least a week long. But nowadays, with the new agreement, camp can only be like three days. They cut so her down quick. It's, it's not nothing. even like a trial. No camp. Yeah. The team is whatever. They just bring in a couple guys. So anyway, it's like a week long, and there was like four or five different actual teams and what you do is you'd go on for a practice with your own team another team would come on you'd play a scrimmage and then that team would stay on for practice or no you'd practice together and then you'd have a little scrimmage anyway i'm out there i'm 18 years old skating around there's like ed bell this is ed belfour's on the team this year like so this is is this two like, years before your your sign like you're you're going to play pro this is when you're 18 like yeah. when you would have just been drafted yeah but you 18, didn't you yeah and you signed the invited to camp okay sorry go ahead so um my roommate at the hotel was caberlet like thomas just thomas <laughs> and i think he'd been in the nhl for a while still had the thickest accent ever it was great and he nice had to stay guy. with you yeah i know Actually, I think he like tweaked a groin or something two days in the camp and then he left and just went back to Toronto. Anyway, so I'm out. 
a mode of practice. Of course, you're flying around. The vets are barely moving, but I am going as hard as I can. Every, every drill, I'm coming down on net, and I am sniping on Ed Belfort. <laughs> like, everything is going in. I am, <laughs> I am jacked. I'm thinking I am unreal. Just confidence through the roof. I'm like, I'm sniping, and I'm coming back into the next drill. I'm getting ready to go again. And then, like, halfway through practice, I hear a couple of the vets, like, while I'm in line, like, for the drill, talking. So the camp, training camp is in Hamilton. So they're talking. Apparently, the night before, Belfort and Tyler Domi had gone out in Toronto all night and then taking a limo back to camp in time for practice the next morning. So then I realize what's going on, and I look over. And Belfort is just standing in the net. He's like not even moving. <laughs> and that whole time, I think I'm just sniping left and right. Like, <laughs> he was like barely awake. He was just like, <laughs> oh man, it's, a, <laughs> it's amazing. Like, yeah, when you're a rookie, how hard to try it every day oh. compared to the guy, like once you're established. And it's, yeah. Oh. But camp used to be like, the tryout it'd be a week long and like they they would be intense and they'd try and like yeah, there would be fights and all kinds of stuff like now it's just uh these guys are going to be on the team because of the salary cap and yeah. they have already made it and uh speaking of which at the end so at the end of that at the end of that practice there was like a little stretch and then we go off for a flood and then we come back on for a scrimmage and ty Domi's on the other team he's like in the blue and we're in the white jersey or something he's barely skating around either but he as it, as we're as all us young guys on the white team are sitting there stretching, he takes a skate by and basically tells us all like, "If anybody touches me, you are in big trouble." <laughs> and we're all like, "Yes, sir, no, no, no problem." <laughs> oh man, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be going near him then. <laughs> no. So other than those two situations, um. I guess uh, that was just camp, but you knew you were going to be going back to junior, but that would have been really cool to experience at that age. No, it was unreal. And then I think like uh, by the end of the camp, I met with um, assistant GM and they're like, we're, we're obviously we're sending you back, but you know, you had a good camp and we'd like to maybe work something out. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I'll call your agent later. So then I had to go like two more days and not really know what he meant. So I was kind of trying to, anyway, it all worked out. Well, that's good. I went down um, after my senior year, met with all the, the brass in Toronto, did an interview fitness test. I was actually in shape at the time. Um, nice. And uh, they said it all went great. And I, I left thinking I was going to sign with them. And then they said they needed more time. And I had to decide if I was taking my guaranteed contract or not. And I didn't have more time. So I had to take the guarantee and, you know, just the just the forks in the road, right? Maybe we would have known each other when you had hair. You never know. I know. My long flowing curls. Geez, I can't picture it. Um, but uh, so then you go back to junior for the two years, but you're still doing the leaf camps because you have a contract with them. So then when you sign the deal and you go to the camp, that's the real deal, eh? Yeah, but then like then you now you're like it was the first time I went. I had no idea who anybody was. I didn't know who all the draft picks were. Like so, then like the next couple of years, I go back to I'd come back 
out here for like prospects camp and stuff and which was awesome too and but then you realize like wow like i because when you first sign you're like i got a shot to make the team you know that's what you're thinking right and then uh then you realize there's like 10 other guys your age that just got drafted that year you're like oh oh we're all here okay that's good yeah but uh lots of good guys that obviously i became good friends with through those years like um who were like the other prospects would have been like Brendan Bell and Carlo Koliakovo was the big first rounder that was going to play that year. That'd be um, the same time would Alex Foster, John Mitchell, those guys be there. So they were like a year or two later, like <clears throat> John Mitchell ended up being my roommate one year here in Toronto with the Marlies. Um, they were like a year or two later, like Mitch, Mitch was a year younger or a couple of years younger. <clears throat> So they would have come and like um, Ian White, Ian White was the same age as me. And Yeah, it's amazing when you realize, when you look at, it's like, uh, I think Chris Menard said on his podcast, like you finally make the NHL, but then you realize every year they draft like more players and there's more guys that are having good years in the AHL. There's more guys that are having good years in Europe. And like, there's just people coming from everywhere. And yeah. Um, that's why you got to find your honey holes, like the second league in Germany, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So then uh, you do, we're into pro now. We're, we're heading there because you got too much to do still. Um, but I almost went to Pensacola for the ice pilots at one point, but took a U-turn to Germany. Mm. Um, but so good, they good were really, really I, well, I, better for the career. I heard it would have been a nice lifestyle though. But That's you, true. Are you a golfer? Not very good. I like to go. Okay. Well, I saw the where you'd live and whatnot in Pensacola looked all right, but it'd be hard to focus on hockey probably. But then you're going from there and the Toronto Marlies because that geographic locations make sense for an well, organization. That, that year was uh, that year was still the St. John's Maple Leafs. Oh, so my research my, team was off. Oh, the research team. Come on. <laughs> no, the. Uh, so my first year pro, the, the, the Leafs were still out in St. John's, the baby Leafs. And it was the, la- it was the last year they were out there. Um, so it, as far as experience goes, St. John's was awesome. Um, great town. Um, but that was the year of the, uh, the lockout. What was it, the 2004 or five lockout? Um, so we had a great team, like. We had a lot of guys that would have been in the like Matt Stajan's on our team after he already played a year in the NHL and um, a lot of veterans and stuff. And so I played like the first, most of the first part of the year there, then went down to Pensacola. So like, you know, when you're getting sent down to a place like Pensacola, you're not really enjoying being in Pensacola. You're more upset that you're there. Yes, right? absolutely. Later, later years, when you're now a veteran playing in the East Coast League down in the South, you you enjoy it more. But you know, when you're like, yeah, oh, you're yeah, young, a you're, rookie, yeah, yeah, you're With, a young kid, and you think, oh, I'm supposed to be in the NHL. And they go to the East Coast League, you're miserable, of course. So. Yeah, I understand. Um, so, okay, the St. John's, I didn't realize they were out there. So that's your first year. Then anything memorable happen, or because then I did see the next year. 
it's in Toronto, the Marlies, but you only played yeah. 12 games. So anything interesting happened that first year? Pensacola, not very good. The St. John's not very good. Or it's the lockout it would have been really hard in that league. Well, the lockout was tough. So, I mean, that, to be honest, that year, the most thing I remember is just being healthy scratched all the time because we had such a good team in, in St. John's. And to be honest, looking back on it, I wish they would have uh, just sent me back to junior for my 20-year-old year. Right at the time, you don't want to because you don't want to be the guy going to pro and then coming back to junior again. But looking back as an adult and you're or older player, you realize like that would have been way better for me to go play my 20 year old year. Be junior, the man, play a ton, play a lot. We would have had a really good team. And not only that, but then your contract gets pushed another year. So my contract would have got pushed out another year, so I would have had three more years left. Right. Um, but instead, you know, I healthy scratch a lot, go to the East Coast, league, come back up. Um, and that's kind of where a lot of the injuries started piling up on me. I broke my finger or something that year and ended up in a fight with this tough guy, Brandon Sugden. There's no way I should have been fighting. Sugar. Yeah. You shouldn't be fighting sugar. No, that's kind of. Navigating Lieutenant. Me. You need a couple of those to fight sugar. <laughs> Well, I, so it was it was a game against uh, Syracuse. They were Columbus's farm team. Yep, that's where there I was, met them. There was just like a scrum, like on the bench, like a couple guys had fallen over, and I was like, I'd fallen over on all my hands and knees, and I feel somebody punching me in the back of my head. So I get upset. I drop my gloves and jump up and grab onto the guy. I realize it's him. Like, damn it! Shoot. <laughs> so. I, I was okay, but I was holding on to his jersey so tight as he's trying to throw. My finger was like pointing over here by the time it was over. Hold on for dear life, eh? Holding on for dear life. <laughs> uh, yeah, you shouldn't be fighting if that's... The, no. 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 20 years old. But I didn't know it was him, so then I just had to hang on for the, the rest of it. it was, that was fine. I'm on my way to the penalty box after thinking like hey like i'm okay like that must have looked all right like uh, i lived through that you know and then i like felt something in my hand i'm like oh that's not good ah uh, yeah go <laughs> um geez um yeah i wouldn't want to fight him and yeah i understand why you'd be holding on so hard your finger yeah. might dislocate or so whatnot but so you start getting injured and like that east coast hl back then was an absolute circus and and that's how you end up fighting a guy like that. With those games, like when I first went to Syracuse, the re end of the regular season was was unbelievable. The hockey I was watching, people mm. fighting in penalty boxes, and it was like it was it was like slap shot, but it was Just the a HL. Time. It was a different time. Just a different. Wow! If you were playing in the East Coast thing, you played in that rink from slap shot, so you know what it's like. Oh yeah, I was in the Johnstown Barn. Nice place. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, the next year was next year was just a write-off. So the team was in the team moved to the Marlies moved to Toronto, became the Marlies. Um, but I still to this day don't really know what happened. I got some weird inflammation in my back or something, and then I, it caused me to have one of those sports hernias before everybody really knew what sports hernias were. So I had surgery on a sports hernia in like September. Like you mean like 
I had that where like it was it getting the mesh to keep it in in there. Yeah, I had that one. So that was my second year. So I had surgery like right at the start of the season. Um, and it was wasn't as common as it is now. So it was like a lot longer rehab and whatnot. So I ended up back for like the last twelve games of the year, um, which is not great when you're trying to develop and move up. So I mean, the two first two years didn't really play a whole lot, and then uh, so fast forward to year three, year three on the deal, coming back with the Marlies. I'm like, okay, this is my year. I like I volunteered to go to prospect camp again. I was like the old guy at prospect camp just because I wanted to get ice time and practice and skate guys and stuff came back uh played through exhibition everything good i think there must have been a couple of injuries because for some reason like the first game of the season i was playing a ton <laughs> i don't know what happened um so the first first game of the year i think it was against syracuse again first game of the year my last year of my contract okay this is my year i'm gonna do something I had an I had an assist on the power play. I had a fight in the second period. Third period broke my ribs. Oh, that was it. Yep. Oh, geez, like when you get your chances at the AHL and like you yeah. can have a big game, all of a sudden the coach likes you and you just roll with it. I saw it happen to a bunch of guys. I know that. It's. I mean, I've always said it. There's 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 so much of it as skill and hard work, but you got to have a little luck on your side too. But yeah, absolutely, and that's bad timing when you're having a game like that, and then you're out again. And like the hernia thing, I remember because I had it near the end of a year, but I think you're not allowed to lift anything for a long time. And like when you're trying to get back in the middle of the season, if you can't lift anything, you can't do anything with your stomach. You like by the time you're actually ready to train, you are so far behind the guys that are two three months into a season everybody was calling me the bag of milk oh dear you got you got wallied <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. oh that hurts eh? doesn't it hurt when people say that about you it does, it does okay, a little bit. okay. Yeah. well now you only know time, only time ever though you know oh all right then well i did see you spent some time with the columbia inferno as well oh yeah that's, that's a nice area up. though eh? nice area Absolutely loved it down there. Like side side note, like great, great spot. Obviously, if you like the golf, it's <clears throat> top-notch shoe. So the funny story there is so I broke my ribs. It ended up being like some cartilage issue in the front. So of course it took a little longer than it should have. So then like I'm ready to play. It's a couple few months later before Christmas. I'm like wanting to get in the lineup. I'm like, hey, like coach like I was practicing for a couple weeks I'm like okay like I'm ready to go like so finally the coach calls me and it was obviously okay listen we're gonna send you to Columbia they've got three games this weekend I want to get you in the three games this weekend test out the ribs we'll get you back up here next week and then you know we'll get you going I'm like this is my third year pro by this time so I'm I feel like I'm pretty wise I'm like okay I'm all for it. I want to get playing. So whatever, send me down. I'll go, go, go get some games in. But I'm like, are you sure it's just going to be the weekend? It's like just the weekend. Don't worry. So I'm like, I'll pack more if it's going to be for more than the weekend. Just 
It's like, no, 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 they got three and three. Sit down. I'm like, okay. Never heard from the Marlies again. That's it. I was down there. Never heard from them. That was the end of and my time. And then the contract's over. That was it. Never talked to them again. Just went to Columbia. That was it. Yeah, that that sucks. Um, I remember when I first got sent down, they told me it had nothing to do with how I, this was. My, so I lose all the weight. Yeah. My second year, I'm ready to rock. I have like abdominal muscles. I rip it up in the AHL in the preseason. I think I have like almost two points a game. Then all the guys come back and they're like, we just don't have room right now. You're not a third, fourth liner, you know, and our top two lines are the big contract guys are like, we just don't have room, but you're going to go down for two weeks. And then when you come back up, you're going to get your chance. <laughs> you're going to get your chance on the top two lines. And I said, okay, I went yeah. down there thinking I'm down there for two weeks. Well, I did get the call back up two weeks later and it was because a guy was hurt. He decides he's not hurt by the time I drive all the way to Syracuse. Oh, um, and then where did you I, drive from? Well, Daytona Beach, Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I might. I yeah, because they told me to drive back because they they didn't think I like they thought I would stay there again. Yeah. So I did the drive twice. It was like 10, 10 hours or so, but I don't know how long it was. But anyways, yeah, I, the guy never did sit out, so I never did play that game and then i went back the next day <laughs> it's fun in the north america it really yeah. is it so you oh, kept doing it your three-year uh, entry level runs out let's move on your three-year entry level runs out and you you grind it out for another couple eh yeah i um well hey you know you grew up wanting to play in the nhl and you just don't want to give up so i mean i know a lot of guys looking back on it Career-wise, I probably would have been way smarter just to head to Europe right then, right? Like you did. To be honest, I wish I would have never played the Europe Pro. I wish I would have gone right out of college. Yeah. Because, like, I, I see I've, – I've seen tons of guys who did that and just had great careers over in Germany, and I, I just wish I would have gone earlier because I feel like the longer I stuck around in North America, the, the more they see East Coast League games and the more your your uh, – your resume just does, doesn't look so good anymore other than when you're just coming off of an NHL deal or something, right? Like, it's totally different. But I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to give up, you know. Like, I knew I could play at the AHL level. I knew I could do it. So I'm like, went back for another year wanting to get called up. And what you, so what would you take, a, an H, East Coast AHL deal or just East Coast? What? Just took an East Coast deal. To be honest, I wanted that because I wanted the option to be able to get called up by anybody. Yeah. Because I talked to a lot of guys that even guys that I'd been with in the Leafs organization that were really good, but the Leafs weren't, or the Marlies weren't calling them up, but other teams would have. Right. So my only mistake is I, well, because I love the city and there was a lot of great guys, like some of my best friends I have now, or I met in Columbia then. Um, so I just, it was just easy, you know, and the coach wanted me back. I'm like, okay, I'll come back to Columbia. Like, hopefully get called up i just looking back now i should have gone and played in the north division because that's where everybody gets called up from all the time right you know what i mean so but anyway i went to columbia awesome group of guys but didn't get called up till after christmas february march something like that i went to rockford um 
Rockford Ice Hogs. Now this is dating me a little bit too. How about this for a team? This is Rockford. This is Chicago's farm team right before Chicago started going on all their runs of their cups. So our goalie was, jeez, uh, why am I drawing a blank now? Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford's in the minors with us. Christopher Steegs down in Rockford with us. Uh, Troy Browers in the minors with us. Um, tons of those guys that ended up in Chicago and going to other places. So we had an unbelievable team. But the funny part is, there's all these guys who are future NHLers. They were all younger than me because I was 23 and they were all like 21, 22, like just whatever. breaking in out of major junior. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the first of two years. Of, so that was probably not great either. Cause I went there, ended up playing a lot into the playoffs, played a lot. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to get another deal out of this, you know? Yeah. Nope. But then, Had another draft that summer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's there a whole go. bunch of new toys they had to try out before they went back to, yeah. to, to our age bracket. That's how well, it you works. Know, you figure out, you know, you find out, you find out the hard way is once you're out of the, the organization where they scouted you or drafted you or assigned you where someone stuck their neck out to say, no, we need to get that guy. Once you're out of that organization, then you're pretty much toast because you've got to be way better than those other guys that someone has risked their career on saying, no, we got to draft that guy. Right. Yeah, so they do, they do, uh, they do um, jeopardize their careers based on sticking their neck out for people. And they have to really stick their neck out when they really do think there's a good guy. Um, but uh, okay. So Rockford, you also played some games for the Chicago Wolves. So one more year in North America, that was my idea. I was like, okay, one more shot to, to get up and go play. So I signed in Reading in the East Coast City next year. I'm like, okay, that's in the North. Everybody gets called up at a Reading. Heard it's not a nice town. Not great, but as far as hockey organizations, good, yeah. like good, good rank, good fans. Downtown Reading apparently isn't great. We didn't spend a lot of time downtown Reading. We just kind of lived out in the suburbs more of it. So I went there and it worked because I was only there a couple months and then I got called up to Chicago. I was like, perfect. Got to Chicago, played just about every game. Chicago signs me for the rest of the year. I'm like, got it. I'm, I'm in the A. Here, here, here I go, right? No, kind of the same idea. Just play out the end of the year. And, and at the end of the year, they're like, ah, oh, you know, we got to play our draft. Pick another draft. <laughs> now you're another year older. Yeah. Uh, that shit happens. Because <laughs> um, I, I, my other question then, because that's what's going on. But there was a season you know, where you're slumming out out there in the minors and in North America, great time for everybody really probably felt like you were really on a team that whole time and really felt like part of a team. But anyways, um, out of nowhere, this is part of why I think you really felt like you were part of a team. There was a season that said you never played a regular season game for the Alaska aces. And then you show up and then just decide to start playing for them in the playoffs. Like, talk about <laughs> team camaraderie, right? 
So that's the same year. So I was gone from Reading to Chicago for the year. And Reading, uh, I guess so many guys got called up, they ended up not being very good. So they just started trading their rights to players. So Reading traded my East Coast League rights to Alaska. And to tell you the truth, I had talked to Alaska before the start of the year, but thinking, how am I going to get called up out of Alaska? Like, right. So I heard it was an amazing place to go. Like, but so anyway, we lose out. Uh, I don't even think we made the playoffs in Chicago. The one year the Chicago Wolves didn't make the playoffs. Maybe that's why I didn't get re-signed again. Mm, That's not good for that organization. That's not great. No. So anyway, Alaska calls. They're like, hey, we've got your rights. Do you want to come play? And I'm thinking, I'll go play on a good team and play in the playoffs and make some more money for the rest of the year. Keep playing a little while. I wanted to play, so I went up to Alaska. Makes sense. Um yeah, it was a little, I kind of felt like, what was the word for it? Like, uh, like a, like a hired, uh, mercenary or something, you know? Right. When you don't play on a team yeah, the whole year and you don't know those guys and you haven't gone through the regular season with them and then you just show up and play the playoffs. Like it's weird in North America. It's yeah. a we- weird dynamic, but you do the best you can each game. And um, I found out I found out the next year that a bunch of guys really didn't like me when I showed up for that playoff run. Well, like when you think about it, if you were a defenseman <laughs> and you showed up, and I um, I know, but then, uh, but in in defense, Alaska is sort it was sort of like the Chicago Wolves of the East Coast. Like they spend money like crazy. We had like four guys that were just black aces for the playoffs in the East coast. Like it was bonkers. Oh, like, unreal yeah. teams, but anyway. Yeah, no. So while uh, you did go up there and so you had, you enjoyed your time in Alaska, you went on a run, but you didn't win it. Right. Yep. Went How to, far game, to go? game seven in the Kelly cup final. Oh dear. Really? Yeah. You lost in game seven, game seven to who? South Carolina. Stingrays. Yeah. We uh yeah, I don't know. We we went on a run. We were we we were I would have thought we were we were running through the western division. And uh I don't know, like happens to a lot of teams. We I think we swept Vegas in the um semifinal or something. So we had this big long layoff before we started the Kelly Cup final. And we just, of course, you get complacent. And... But if it went to game seven, like that's a battle. So what's what's the score game seven? That must have hurt. Oh, it was rough. We actually, we had, uh, sorry, I got to plug my computer in it. Um, so we actually had to battle back in the series. We We came out completely flat for the series. Like I think the first five minutes of the first game, we were all over them. We had like eight chances and instantly we're all like, oh, we're just going to roll these guys. We're going to win. Then they just came storming back on us. I think we split the first two games in Alaska. So it's two, three, two. Is where yeah. they did it. So can you imagine that road trip, South Carolina to Alaska? <laughs> they come up for the first two. We split, we go down there. We lost two. We lost the next two in South Carolina. We're down 3-1. One more game down there. 
they were flying their parents in. They had party buses ready for game five. Everything. The game goes to overtime. We win it to bring the whole thing back to Alaska. Oh. It was awesome. Yeah, that would have really hurt. <laughs> they all had to get on the plane and come back. Um, and then you win, win game six. Win game six. And then game seven was a good game. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, a couple of bad luck goals. And, and so how many fans are at that there. game? Honestly, I look back in my playing days in North America, that, that those playoffs were the most fun ever. Like the rink, I don't know if you probably never played up there, but the rink is so loud. I think there's like nine, 10,000 in the rink. Like we were playing those playoff games. Like I remember going out for the start of the game. It was bonkers. Like I can imagine what it's like in some loud NHL rink with twice that many people. But for the experience I had, that was, that was pretty fun. No, that would be, uh, it sucks that you guys lost losing oh. sucks. Yeah. I, it wasn't a game seven. It was a game five of a best of five i lost in the second league in germany yeah it was only a best of five but we lost an overtime of it still still a winner take all yeah it's still whoever wins is the champion and those ones geez they can go one way or the other um okay moving on then um i would like to know how you have finally make the decision to go to Alleghi, italy Alleghi. Alleghi. Where's the where's the where's the research team on these? I I, I pronounced it like a Canadian would say it. I that's I like to pronounce the names, but I don't know Italian. I could say it if it was a German word, but I don't know how do you say it? Alleghe. Alleghe. Italy. I uh no, I made the after that year I went to the final with Alaska. I wanted to go to Europe, but I didn't get any good offers like i say you, you just go like i should have maybe in retrospect shouldn't have gone to alaska and just then my resume says chicago wolves blah blah blah, blah. right hindsight's 2020 but you could have won a championship exactly anyway i mean i i have no regrets of the places i played now because it's all just it's all life experience it's all great stories it's all things that you can always experiences you have forever and say you lived in alaska and all that fun stuff is is things that uh you know the four guys that sit in the cubicle next to me can't say right so but uh so yeah i ended up on a whole other year in alaska and another injury and we can just skip over that so finally get over to europe my uh so you're in what year six or seven now Six or seven by that time. I'm losing count. 26. So it would have been year uh, seven. Still a puppy. Yeah. So that's the major junior thing. You get into pro way younger. Way too young. Yeah. So anyway, my my one of my best buddies was was playing in Alley. I'd played in Alligator the year before. And of course, when you're looking to go to Europe and you really don't know where, and then you got a best buddy there that's saying, come play here. And they want you to come course right so that be uh mac falconer yeah because my research see my research team is good because you know what they have down is uh that he scored over 30 goals that year and the next guy on the team had 12 (laughs) (laughs) just saying that maybe the other teams maybe should have shadowed him 
they tried, but it was like some skinny little Italian guy trying to check him in front of the net. <laughs> yeah, I never saw so him far. play, right? He was in Cardiff before me, but uh, yeah. I didn't realize he was such a goal scorer. I don't, I don't know what type of player he was. I know he was the captain so there, right? Here's a, here's a perfect example of like, this is the only thing I, the only thing I didn't like about, or like the biggest thing I had frustrated about your, your playing in Europe is they just, no one's ever seen you play. They just look at your hockey profile and they're like, oh, we got to get that guy, you know? So like Mac was a perfect example of that. Like he hadn't really played much in the American League and played most in the East Coast League, but was a great player in the East Coast League and a leader. And, you know, through friends of friends, gets a connection, gets a chance in Allegay. So he was over there the year before I even came. And of course, you know, they're not expecting him to do much because they've signed some other guy that played in the NHL 20 years before or something, you know. And he leads the team in scoring and was like one of the top scorers in the league, you know, that first year. And then the next year when I come back, when I come with them, even then they're like, well, you know, well, we think we can find somebody better, you know, but we're going to bring you back anyway. <laughs> and again, he gets 30 goals. And the next guy that he had at like 10, like he just, yeah, he was, uh, oh, he was awesome. So that was a great, I mean, this is one of those, this is one of those places where like looking back now when you're older, like I wish I just would have really enjoyed living in Italy and it just not that we didn't but like you know you're worried like oh I gotta get my points because I gotta I gotta always worried about the next game yeah. I gotta get I gotta get a next deal next year because you're thinking I want to make more money I want to make the jump somewhere else like looking back I'm like man I would have just relaxed like it was living in the one of the most beautiful places on earth you're living in the Alps like it's it's awesome like unbelievable food and wine and like but of course you're worried about you know i only had an assist last game like i need more i need more than that this week like you know that kind of stuff oh and it, it is how it is like they're the guys that go over there and we want to make a career of it like when especially i when i was in germany like if you play friday sunday and then you didn't have a good weekend you had to wait all week to play again man and like mm. And the way the f- some fans can be over there and the coaches oh. can be over there. Like, you have a bad game, man. It's like you shot their dog or something. Or worse. Like, like, wow, they're like, oh, we need, we might need to replace you because you didn't have a very good game. Like, we were... Yeah, we, we there are other guys in the world. And you're like, no kidding, is there? <laughs> well, yeah. like, some of, like, Italy, some of the funniest stuff in, like, that was my first year in Europe. So, like, you're coming off of, North America, like even the East Coast League is somewhat professional. Like you've got trainers, you've got athletic trainers, you've got equipment trainers. And even if they're not any good there, you still have them there and whatever. And you've got skates and you've got a sharpener. And it's like Italy, like no one warned me. I show up and like, there's no skate sharpener in the whole rink. If you want your skate sharpener, you got to take your skates. You walk down the street to the ski shop where the the one of the left wingers on the team his grandpa runs the ski shop and he's got a skate sharpener in the back and you drop him off there with him and then he sharpens and you pick him up before practice the next day or like so you lose an edge in the middle of a game you're oh, you're, you're, you're just you're only turn, you're, you're turning an edge in the middle you're, of game, you're done you're, you're taking t- your skates off you're going to... <laughs> or like uh uh laundry like 
you think it's pretty standard. Like you have your laundry, you put it in the laundry bin, it gets washed, you wear it again the next day. No, like one of the guys has to take the laundry, put it in the machine, and then wait around until it's done. There's no dryer. And then he just hangs all your laundry up to dry because there's no dryer. It just goes in the laundry and then just stuff like that. So when you first show up, you're like, what is going on? Like then the then one of the defensemen, he's the equipment guy. He's the one that's like ordering the gear for the rest of the team. And he's like, what kind of sticks do you want? I mean, uh, I'm like, what are you talking about? Aren't you on the team? No, oh, uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I never played in the Italian league. It sounds fun. Oh, it's just, but, and then like the, that area is like, it's all the mountains, which is beautiful. Like, it's all in the Alps, but it's these tiny, tiny roads through the Alps. They're switchbacks. So you don't take a bus anywhere. We had these three vans that the whole team would pile in these three vans. You'd put your gear in the back, like you're in Bantam and you're heading to the rink. They would drive like they were in an F1 race. Every time they got behind, whoever, whoever these random guys would show up at the rink to drive these three vans. It'd just be somebody's buddy or someone's uncle or a couple of times the drivers didn't show up. So just, our captain would hop in the driver's seat and drive the van to the game, like, like no big deal. But you could tell who the guys were that the North American guys who had been there the year before, because they were all used to it. And then all like the new guys are just losing our minds. Cause I'm in the back of this van. It's like as fast as you can go up and down side to side around these corners. I felt like throwing up the whole time. Like you're in the car. I just want to puke. It was just awful. You get to the game. It took me, did take me like half an hour just to, feel like I wasn't gonna, I feel like I wasn't gonna throw up anymore but that's if you got to the game with half an hour to spare before you're gonna put your stuff on because you'd usually leave late and you'd you'd think you're like getting close to the game but there'd be like a little town like 20 minutes away so even if you're late and when I say late like normally we'd show up we'd get there a couple hours before the game in a normal normal team you get there a couple hours before you do your warm-up etc we would get there like 20 minutes before warm-up supposed to start. You're just supposed to get there, throw your gear on and get out there and play. But even then, if you were late, we'd still have to stop for a cappuccino on the way. And everybody gets out, goes into the little cafe, and they don't just like get it to go coffee and jump back on in the van. Everybody sits down. We have our cappuccino. Oh, you know, we'll get to the game. Don't worry about it. We'll get there at some point. Don't worry. And then you get to the game, throw your cold gear on, hop out there. You're down 3-1 after the first period, and the coach is losing it, that you didn't have a good start to the game. What? What do you expect? Ah, <laughs> uh, that sounds awesome. Uh, in Germany, I remember my first year at Latsu. I It really threw me for a loop because I had never been over there. But right before we would, like – they would have some long bus trips, right? Because you, you'd only play a home game and a road game each week. So wherever the road game was each week, that's how far the bus trip was. It was there, play the game, back. Didn't matter if it was 10 hours away. No. But before you get there, you had cafe and kuchen. <laughs> you had coffee and cake. You stopped, you and they'd have the little cup of coffee, and you, you, would, you could dip your 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 coffee cake in the coffee if you wanted 
Oh, yeah, no, it's strange time. It, it is fun, though, seeing how the rest of the world lives, though, right? Because it is totally different. And now that but we're back. <laughs> but it's awesome, though. Like, looking back, I'm like, that's awesome. I'd love to just sit there and relax and have a cappuccino and not worry about whatever. But <laughs> but you uh, can't. No. <laughs> I know. I totally don't. So are you guys good that year that Faulkner scores all the goals? And you, by the way, not to uh, this is time to pump your ties you are the leading goal scorer in the italian circuit that league i don't know i don't know how it happened double digits 10 10 hey. spot are you just taking clap bombs from faulkner or what no to tell you the truth it was it was almost like a was that belfort <laughs> shit, wow shit that's, face. That's, that's a whole i have to admit well, that's a whole other part of playing in Italian league. Like, if your goalie goes down, you don't know who's going in at that point. So, I have to admit, one of those ten was on the pizza man from the next town who had to go into the net. It was like a wrister from the blue line. But no, I got finally. I don't know. I think it was half luck and just. Half you go from North America to playing, and that you're you're still at a bit of a. It's like when you, you're in the A, and then you come down to the coast. You feel like you're Bobby Orr for like three weeks before you actually. Come well, it's down all it's all yeah, it's all like a mindset too, right? Yeah. Like your confidence, the pace of play you're used to. I remember when I finally did get called up to the A, and then I went down to the coast. It was like, wow, this is so easy. Why wasn't it easy like this? before yeah. and then and two weeks later you're like oh wait how come it's not so easy anymore? two weeks later you're like geez i can hardly keep up <laughs> <laughs> um okay so that year ends then and then you're heading to a pretty darn beautiful spot which is Reeser C, other known as garmisch germany which is like where the olympic skiing would be like what was that like unreal town like that was again it's still in the alps it's still on the german side of the border really um beautiful place like i don't know i don't even know how else to describe it like living in all those places is unbelievable by that year now i'm a little more used to the way things run and german technically obviously a little more professional than where i was playing in italy so things were i was prepared it was funny because there was a few few north american guys that came and it was their first year over there. And of course they're going through the same what's going on as I was the year before. And I was there to kind of, like, oh, you know, this is the way things are, but no, that, that, that was awesome. Um, it just kind of living there was awesome. It just kind of went south for me playing. Cause I, uh, I don't even know why, cause nobody translated it for me, but the original coach quit. And they brought in some other guy who was, he was a Czech guy coaching in Germany who didn't speak any English. So, oh. we, had, so we had a lot of good chats, you know, like no, yeah. no sniff. And, um, you uh, know what though? I just, I wanted to, cause I played in that league is that you get a Czech coach in Germany. They want Czech imports. And like, when you think of how many jobs there are in the world, people don't realize that there'll be, three or four Czech coaches in the German league at sometimes, and they want Czech imports. And if you bring over a Canadian import, 
they're probably not going to gel that well with the other imports, but even the coach is going to play the other fellas a little bit more than you. Mm-hmm. I've been in that league and they play weird hockey. Like they, they play hockey differently than we do. They really mm-hmm. do. Germans are closer than we to hockey. We play than Czechs. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was kind of a, not necessarily a downhill from there, but I, I got hurt a couple times again. Um, and like I, I messed up my knee for a bit. Like I had like a groin issue for a little bit and you can't go talk to the coach about it. So he just thinks I'm like, don't want to play or something, you know? And then, um, and again, he liked his Czech guys, which was fine. They were great guys. And all the guys on the team were awesome that year. Like I said, I loved playing there. Like it would have been like, that's a place I could have seen myself playing for several years. We weren't very good because that year they had just got promoted from the third league. So they were just coming up to the Bundesliga. Um, what year is this? That was 2000, uh, 2011, 2010, 2011. Well, then, well, no, they no, no, had... no, 2011, 2012. Okay. Cause they were up in the second league when I was there, like, before that so they must have got relegated and then got back up or something yeah but i've played in that rink and I, the one thing about that town i'll never forget is when i showed up the first time and it was a cloudy day just went into a standard arena played the hockey game left didn't think much of it just got no. the food whatever the next time we showed up it was a sunday afternoon game the sun was out and i saw where the hell i was and i was like what the yeah. hell is this place? World Cup Ski Hill is right behind the rink. Yeah, I, I didn't even know the first time I went in there, played a hockey match. I'm like, cool, where's the yeah. meal for after the game? Let's go. <laughs> and Where's the schnitzel? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd schnitzel and zwei beer, bitte. <laughs> Off gates. <laughs> um, but then, like, <laughs> but then the next time you get there and you're like, you guys actually play hockey here? Like, you live here? Like, holy uh, shit. Uh, it was awesome. Um, but anyway, I, I, I finally got myself healthy, got back into a couple games, and um, I don't know whether my uh, my resume the year before in Italy kind of was not playing in my favor, but I, I think they expected me to score 30 on the point. And that's, you know me, that's not necessarily my game, so... I would, they, uh, I would say you're an all-rounder. You're, uh, yeah. you're, you're an all-rounder. I wouldn't say – I'd say penalty killing is one of your strongest points. Um, I would say you basically can – you can be on the power play, the penalty kill. You can be on the top pair, the bottom pair. It really doesn't matter, right? And you'll just do it, and you do it with a smile, and you'd be like, yeah, coach, I'll do it. Thank right? you. So the year before in Italy, of course, I'm – on the power play and I'm scoring on the pizza man from the point. So then I go there and I think I had a couple goals. I hadn't played a lot of games and stuff, but I don't know. I think he was just looking to get rid of me as, as soon as he came in. But anyway, they called me into the, into the, uh, in the manager's office and they, they never said like, they never said we're firing you. They just said, we're bringing in another defenseman. Here's your plane ticket. Like what? 
<laughs> like there's, there's one guy translating and this guy's talking and they're like yeah you know uh we're worried uh, you're gonna get hurt again so um thanks for coming basically we're gonna gonna pay you this much uh you can go i'm like but and I, did you renegotiate or was what they offered you what you took renegotiated a little bit but then they they're like you can take all your uh sticks and skates and everything because i brought like all my sticks and skates and stuff with me and i'm like fine i'll just take it with me it uh but to be honest by that time i was so not happy with the coach and it was just miserable i was like fine get me out of here well and when the thing is is when hockey's not going well you can be living in the nicest place in the world but when that's your livelihood and that's what you do for a living if it's not going well and it 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 matters how you're doing in hockey and how the coach is treating you and how like you can't live life just because it's a nice city or town right no like you gotta it man, it was awesome though. Like the first few months there, I'm thinking this is the greatest place ever. Like, of course, beginning of the year, you make a couple of trips up to Munich for Oktoberfest, which doesn't help, doesn't hurt things either. Um, went, there, went there my first week in Germany, and I'm like, I'm never leaving this place yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> but not only for Oktoberfest, like we were only an hour and a bit from Munich, and we and so like we had an off day. Me and the other Canadian guys would jump in our bmw that we had that they've given us and fly up the autobahn to munich for the day like that was awesome like that kind of stuff i mean i'd never trade for anything but yeah if the hockey was going a little bit better you would have enjoyed it but i totally understand exactly what you mean uh but yeah my like so my first year they gave us because we had a dog and I didn't know the actual law in Germany was if you have the dog in the car, it's supposed to be in the trunk. So they gave us a station wagon. So I cruised around Germany in a Mercedes. the dog in the trunk? Well, they said you were supposed to. That's why they gave us a station wagon, but I never did. Uh, so we sat in the front seat with me. But um, they gave us a Mercedes station wagon. So I cruised around Landshut, Germany in the station wagon the first year. <laughs> and I would just rip her up on the Autobahn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah we were half an hour from munich too and like what a beautiful like bavaria and like oh yeah it is just a ridiculous place in the world but then just because you love it you go right back to the alaska aces you can't get enough to be honest i wanted to stay in europe um but mid-season you're like what who knows what your options are? i i just gotten fired on a bad team in germany so like it's not like my phone's ringing off the hook doesn't help and the guys from alaska had already been calling me being like hey you know like we got a really good team why don't you come back so i was like fine let's do this and they they had so this is a, i play in alaska the next year i go away to italy while i'm away in italy they win the kelly cup and then the next year i'm in germany and they have the same team back and they're lighting up the league again and they're like, come back, we're gonna go win it again, you know, blah blah blah. And so I I come back and by the time it took forever to get a visa and stuff, so it was like about a month and a bit before I was playing games, and it was just say it took me a little while to get going. Didn't have the greatest start, but no, it ended up fine. We went in the playoffs again, but we didn't do as well in the playoffs, but uh, in the playoffs, I, uh, you never know what's gonna happen. No. But uh to be totally honest, I was ready to shut it down after that. Like I was like, time to go back to school. Like, 
you know, time to get time to get moving with things. Like I wanted to play in Europe, but that didn't go well. Like who's going to give me a contract right now? Like I was thinking of uh, coming back and going to school or whatever, whatever. And can I say who, how it all happened? Research team here. Yeah. Mac Faulkner said, Hey, Tyson, want to come to Cardiff devils with me? Cause right. Pretty much nailed yeah. it research team boom or maybe i knew that from driving to the met i don't know <laughs> probably that was probably yeah. yeah no he said that he so roundabout way through uh buddy he used to play with in college jay latulip who's still a popular guy in cardiff he played there a few years before he had been telling the coaches you got to get this guy mac faulkner and chris blight you got to get them to come and then uh so as I'm like leaving Alaska, like thinking about where I can go back to school in BC or Alberta or something, um, Falks calls me. He's like, "Man, one more, just one, give me one more." And he's like pumping up Cardiff, and he's like pumping up the city. He's like, "It's the greatest place ever." And then he, and then right at the end, he's like, "But they got a little tiny rink, but we're gonna go there anyway. Don't worry." And he hangs up the phone. The big blue tent. Nah, the yeah. rink was great. But hey. That's great. Uh, hey, I I wasn't sure, but you know, like I was like, man, am I just wasting my time going to play another year? Like, so he was going over to do the MBA. I still didn't even have an undergrad degree. Like, I was going to school online or whatever. But. So that's one thing I've always been impressed with by you, because you're a go getter. Is you never did go to university like on a scholarship, but I do know you took courses in playing for the Cardiff Devils before we did the NBA mm-hmm. and you finished your undergrad well being a pro hockey player right because that's pretty impressive for a major junior fellow that never did go to a Canadian university after why you gotta talk like major junior guys are stupid I never said they're stupid I said they don't <laughs> graduate university very often I didn't say you were stupid I said you no, just actually don't that's uh Oh, number one, I had a, my, my mom was a teacher forever, so she was always pushing classes on me. So even when I was in junior, after I graduated high school, I was doing college classes and stuff, just chipping away on anything. I was just getting credits wherever. I did a, classes in Vancouver when I was in junior. I did classes in Edmonton, Alberta in the summer, and then then I started doing the Athabasca stuff online when I was in the coast and that. So by the time I got to Wales, I had like a handful, like a probably a year's worth of school done um and then when i got to cardiff i found out about these uh they call them top-up programs so it was actually um and you did all this on your own too no well i can't i can't take all the credit for that because i was looking for for schooling options when i came over i was asking the team like can you get me some classes somewhere or whatever and it ended up being um a guy on the team's wife so phil hill was on the team forever his his wife Gemma, was a um professor at at the time was the university of glamorgan and she was telling me about these top-up programs you can get in and blah, blah 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 so i started looking into it and i didn't get in for that year because it was like too late in the season already but so then i kind of started trying to plan for the next year after a long story short of 
almost not coming back, but coming back and the school changed its name to the University of South Wales. Bing, bang, boom. I'm back in the devil's jersey and I'm going to university at the University of South Wales and they call a top-up program where it's like, it's meant for like, if you go to college, you have like a college degree and you want a university degree, you come for a year. It's like going for one more year. They give you all your senior courses. Boom, here's your undergrad. And you got to do that. And then you got it. And then you do the MBA with me, which I was just impressed. I was impressed by your initiative and uh, that you went out and got that done. Cause there's a lot of hockey players that don't do shit until it's too late. Yeah. That's what I was trying to avoid. Yeah. Even then though, even then, like we talked about going to school every day. We're like, man, we're so old to be like going and getting a job right now. Like I almost felt like it was too late then. Right. Well, no, yeah, yeah, kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> it all worked out. It did all work out for us, but it was the MBA program and the Cardiff Devils that, that, and like for you to get that course before to be able to do the MBA with me, like that, like the Devils changed your life. They changed my life. Um, so what was, what was your four years like? Because you did go through the ownership change there, which I think you might, other than Piglet, you're the first one on that went through the ownership change. And then you went from uh, Lordo being your teammate to your coach to then him giving you the captaincy. Like there's a lot of shit to cover here. So I'm going to go pee while you start. I'm going pee while you start. You go ahead. I'll catch yeah. the end. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's uh, I don't know how much time we have Wally, but. Honestly, it, it worked out for the best, no matter no matter how you slice it. I uh, each year just progressed into another year. I never I I planned on coming there for one year, and I ended up staying for four. I came for the first year to play one last season and play with my buddies and and have one more uh, one more year of fun, and then um, kind of found out the the school options and that. But there was some ups and downs with ownership and whatnot in those days but uh, to be honest everybody was always I can't talk about it but everybody always treated me well no matter what so like even in that that first year like we had a great coaching staff with Jared Adams and and uh, and Franny and uh, everybody always treated me great I mean I know there was some stories of guys not being treated so well um, but I, I didn't have that that experience myself but so the the second year the second year to come back, I, um, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't finished the first year off that great. So they weren't really excited to re-sign me again for the next year, which I don't blame them. I didn't play that great at the end of the year. And of course there's way more guys that they can go out and sign. Right. So I had deals in the works with other teams and, uh, there was for a while I was there. I had a deal in the works with Sheffield to go there the next year and go to school. And then that fell through. I had a deal to go to, to Brayhead. I was going to go there and go to school. And then um, or I think the Brayhead might've been the next year actually was the next summer. Anyway, I um, ended up Cardiff didn't get the guy they wanted. Of course, at the end at the end of the summer, they had they needed one more D. I was willing to come back for nothing, just because I wanted to go and get that school program and do it one year and finish my undergrad. So I'm like, I'll take whatever. Just let me come back and go to school. And I paid for school myself. Um, 
And I was like, hey, I'm just going to come back for one more year. I'm going to finish the undergrad, then I'll be done. And then, um, of course, get the undergrad and had a, had a way better season that year. So then at the end of that year, then all of a sudden I got options and teams want to sign me. It's crazy how that happens. All of a sudden, everybody's your best friend. They wouldn't call you back the summer before. I had lots of people not call me back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that the, after my first year like i was talking to all the teams and they're like oh you know we'll see you know kind of thing and then after the second year they're like yeah we're really sorry we didn't get back to you last year you know that was that was wrong of us we should have brought you in blah, blah, blah. so i never had that experience people either like me or they don't i'm not for everyone as the song goes at the start of these <laughs> some people like what wally does and some people don't and if you're one of those teams that want everybody to be six three with a six pack folks that is not me and uh that's probably also why i was on a one-year contract my entire career <laughs> hey, that's even more impressive you turned it into the length of the career you did yeah every year they were like well they could be good for one but for not sure about two <laughs> yeah but no like you say devils and, and cards changed my life for sure like i hundred never in a million did. years never in a million years thought i'd be going there for four years and loving it so much like we not even a lie we gave serious consideration to just trying to stay and live there just because we liked it so much it and, is an unbelievable spot and everybody i have on here so just so you know, Tyson, you will be three and three. We're going three devils and three nights to see if we can be number one in podcast for the week in the UK. Oh, in we hockey. got this. You we, got uh, this. Wow. You never do you know. This. I wish I could do more. However, I'm going to have to go on a golf trip for the next few days. So <laughs> I'm going to have to take a break from the shed folks and hit the golf courses. And um, that brings us to our other sponsor is stayinblue.ca if anybody's going to the Collingwood Blue Mountain area for a vacation and uh, for a three night minimum stay if you put in Wally 20 at stayinblue.ca guess what folks 20% off your stay I'm not even joking so uh, you know what if you're going on a vacation lockdown's about to end you need 20% off Wally 20 stayinblue.ca um so anyways, there you go. Uh-oh. Um, so moving on, where was I? I? I had to do that while we were losing you. What's going on? Really? Oh, no. You're back. You're fine. You're right there. I got you. What? You're fine. It's okay. Um, where were you? Wait, you're back. Yeah, you're what fine. Happened? Keep going. Okay. I can hear you. <laughs> okay i didn't hear what you said the last bit oh don't worry about it i was doing an ad read for you big guy so, oh no yeah oh yeah yeah it was a good one um if you want to go to collingwood blue mountain area stay in blue.ca oh. wally 20 okay sorry um we're getting something you're getting good at those you're, you're gonna be on you're gonna be on espn radio in no time I highly doubt that because I'm doing it from my shed. But folks, just so you know, all these internet issues are going to be fixed. We have ordered something that plugs into the wall that's going to give me better internet in my shed because it is non-negotiable <laughs> to do this in the house. <laughs> we are staying in the shed, folks. It's way, um, more, way better to do it in the shed. Um, my IT team uh, let me know what I needed to buy and we got it on order here. We're 
Second thing, we've invested into this company, the Zoom membership, and now the uh, the Jack to get me better internet. So this is almost a legit podcast now, Tyson. <laughs> Are you losing me again? No. So anyways, tell me more about uh, your years in Cardiff and just ha- like how it's changed your life and how much you love that city. Cause it, it meant a lot to me. Oh, for one thing, I mean, obviously I got my education, not in a million years that I think I'd be getting my master's degree before uh, starting work. Right. Like, um, but just the friends and experience and the people we got to be so close with over there and um, all the guys. And I mean, I know my last, year or two with uh with the baby and having Lachlan and married and not as social as I normally probably would have been um and just it got better and better right like the, the first couple of years I thought were great you know we just after being in Italy and Germany there wasn't any issues I didn't find and but then um you know the second two years when the new ownership came in it was like holy smokes this is like a like a pro pro team all of a sudden we're getting per diem and everything like i don't know where that came now we're flying to games i couldn't believe that either we're flying up to scotland for games and stuff like that was like that was a game changer that just just made you want to made you want to work hard and i don't know i don't know what the term is it made you feel like a pro it made you feel like they're giving all this to us. We got to give this back yeah. to them. And that kind of was that first year with the new ownership was. That was definitely like, and even both years, like I'm sure it's still like that. They're like, they just, they look after you and they don't, they don't question it, you know? And it's just like a, I don't know. And with obviously with Todd coming on and, and helping shore things up, like it's literally a, it's one of the most it's easily the most professional team I've ever been on in Europe for sure, and more more professional than most teams in in uh, in the minors in North America. Like, um, oh, way more. Just made it that much better, and and <laughs> like you say, the whole time the whole time I was there, they they were talking about a new rink. So I was there for four years, right from the beginning. Like we're getting a new rink, we're getting a new rink, we're getting a new rink. I think I played like three games in that rink at the end of the year, like the our second year there. But I wouldn't have changed it. I I loved the tent. The tent ended up being like the greatest, one of the best places ever. Because not only I mean it probably played into more my game a little bit too. But I mean once you got used to it, it was the it was the best home ice advantage ever. Um, I've told the story a thousand times of the first day we walk into that dressing room and everybody has a story like that when the first time they see the dressing room like you think it's like the practice rink or something or you think it's like oh this isn't our dressing room like they're just like they're renovating our dressing room or something and but uh, no that's the dressing room but it's amazing that you actually get used to it and you're like no I don't mind it at all like just just make it happen and after the game, you throw your suit on, you wheel down to the bar and you see 45 people that you love to see every game. And it was awesome. I still think about like, people ask me now, like what I miss about playing hockey and stuff and the uh, climbing on and off of the trainer's table to get stretched out and get your legs worked on because you feel like you're a thousand years old. That I definitely don't miss. 
but one of the things I do miss is sitting in that dressing room in the tent oh. and hearing, the, hearing them fire up the music and just hearing the people start stomping on the stands above your head. You feel like the whole place is going to come down. There was, you just, you oh. just feel like a rock star flying out of that ice. Like, you're forgetting that it's the EIHL and you're making hundreds of pounds hundreds of pounds a week. You know, and it's not the NHL that you dreamed of playing your whole life. But man, when you skate out there, it's that's pretty fun. They really do make you feel special in Cardiff. Like, it's not, it's that like, yeah, the like, to be honest, I, this is, you're one of the early generation guys, kind of like myself of the old arena. Like I never played in the new arena, not one no. game. I think yeah. I did a after practice shootout once, but that was about <laughs> as far as I got. Um, but like the old rink, man, I, it was as ridiculous as this sounds. It was my favorite arena I played in because mm -hmm. The, the the people that were in it like it was the fans and the crowd that were they they were having as much fun as the players were and like when we started winning and oh. then it went it, like at the start of that year i remember todd being outside the arena while we we're playing two touch before the an exhibition game saying giving out pieces of paper to fans saying what do you want us to do differently this year just write down whatever you want and he he got his list of things fans wanted and like to see what he did with that organization. And then just to see how much all of us just loved being there. And it didn't matter the arena didn't matter. The dressing room, nothing mattered because of the people we had on that team. And then you have those fans. Like I, like you said, like you have a kid over there and like, I'd be going off at the end of a game and, a fan like you don't even know is dropping your presence from the crowd. <laughs> You're like, thank you. <laughs> and like, they've made like a, a wooden homemade Welsh spoon. The love your, spoons. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. just ridiculous. I know. No, it's, it's and that ring too. And the fans are right on top of you. And especially when we started winning, but even before that, you knew nobody wanted to come play in there. like other teams. That was the worst trip they wanted to make. It was far for a lot of them. They did not want to play in that place. Like they weren't used to that, right? We saw that dressing room they had to get dressed in over there. That was terrible. Oh, when there'd be a deece would shit in the toilet or there'd be a dead oh, rat in it. Um, oh, just <laughs> yeah. But like, and then like for I know you had your two years before with different owners, but like I'm talking so my first year with you. They have to come into that tiny little rink. You got Hendo hip checking people. You got Batch, you can throw them. You even uh, fought Kevin Westgarth at one point. We haven't discussed yet. But then you got Jesse Mitch and Lordo. You got uh, like Dougie Clark's. Like there were yeah. so many guys that could chuck them. I felt like I could do whatever the hell I wanted. <laughs> You pretty much could. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the one game I dumped it into the same corner three times for fun and just ran a guy and jumped out. <laughs> but, ah, <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, yeah. Buried a guy after I scored a goal just for fun. And there's nothing they could do about it. Yeah. I'd be like, look at all my big brothers here. <laughs> yeah. We had some big guys. 
That was a fun year. Mind you, there's some pretty scary guys in that league too. <laughs> well, well, it was <laughs> after really... that year. It really was. I think it was like Hendo said. Hendo told me when we erased this podcast that after that year, when we kind of bullied the other teams, yeah. um, especially when they'd show up at our rink, that yeah. the next year was when all all the big boys came. Yeah. Every team had one big boy, right? Well, I mean, that was kind of the case for quite a few years. There was always some guy coming over, like some big tough guy that was signing and coming over at some point. But yeah, I felt like there was a little bit of a shift there too. But like, I remember even telling Lordo that first year that we've realized we were, we were pretty good, but we were still in that rink. I was like, I told him, I thought this was our, those were our best year, like best chances to win because we had that rink and that home ice advantage i'm like we get going and we get another rink just like everybody else then every team just doesn't care to come play there they, they think it's just fine you know Whereas yeah it is coming different. into that barn they just wanted to go home well i i would i don't would ever never want to talk negatively about new arenas on here but I, i'm sure they bring in more people and there's more tickets sold and more merchandise but geez the big blue tent that was living back in the yeah. day yeah that was living um okay well i'm i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little different direction now um so as I said, um, our two years were basically the same. Same two years was uh, we did the MBA. We had kids. Then uh, we both decided to come back for another year. And um, as we've said, we were both feeling fit and in shape after uh, the gag ball and all our fun with that. And Lordos treating me like he did, you know. Um, but oh, yeah. I was I was pretty well yoked, as the kids would say. But um, I get injured, first preseason game, struggle through a few games, and then I'm done. But um, <clears throat> I think I'm going to have to bring it up there, Tyson. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to because what pissed me off one day was listening to Spit and Chicklets. And um, he didn't even know your name. And they asked, uh, they, he was talking about something. I don't know if you listened to it. But he no. said, oh, yeah, I knocked some guy out in the UK and just something like that. And I was like, well, that's Tyson Marsh. That's my buddy. And um, that you don't know his name. That really fucking I swore on the podcast. That really bothered me when he said it like that, because if I did that to someone, I'd know exactly who it was. And anyways, um, it was a tough time after that. So you did have to fight him. Because you body checked a guy hard, which was a clean hit, then he was vulnerable. But tell us that story. Well, first of all, I don't blame him. The guy played forever in the NHL and then comes over to the UK. Like, and that's his job, right? I don't. That doesn't bother me. I, I don't think he means anything by that. There's a lot of people I don't remember their names either. So, um, but uh, no, it's talked about it before. It's just, it was just unlucky, and I'm, I'm more mad at myself than anything. Like, first of all, the check that I got suspended for, um, probably, obviously, I shouldn't have hit, hit the guy either. Like, I was, I was back checking full tilt and laid a shoulder into him, but that's, it's a different game now. We can't be doing that, right? And it was just a bad, 
bad timing and he kind of dropped at the same time and I put all my weight into him and um now obviously I know all about the head injuries and stuff going on too so I mean funny enough there's that Shifley hit last night that reminded me a little bit of it but anyway long story short I think the the part that made it worse was that I got the suspension which they threw a ton of games at me I, I don't remember you being suspended that so they, they they gave me five games just because really? it looked just because it looked bad See, and like then, when I saw it happen live, I didn't watch all the stuff, but when I saw it happen live, it was a guy that cut into the middle with his head down trying to score a goal. And you got a guy coming back checking. And if you don't hit that guy, you're not playing the rest of the night because your coach is going to be pissed off. So, well, that was it, our first few years, bro. And then this is 10 years later when things were a little different. So, when you can cut into the middle with your head down and shoot it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, obviously, I never would intend to hurt somebody, and any that whole side of it is I'm definitely wasn't meaning to hurt him at all. But because it looked bad, and so they automatically gave me five games, and then Lordo and and Todd uh, appealed it for me, and Lordo and Todd broke down the tape, and we had a little hearing and everything, and they showed that I led with my shoulder and. It showed that he kind of just dipped right at the last second. And so anyway, after the hearing, they determined, okay, you've served two games. That's good. Like, and they just reduced it to two games. So of course that just turned the whole thing into a way bigger deal than it was. And uh, so it was literally like a week later, two weeks later, we go back up to Nottingham and I'm like, I'm thinking on the way up there, I'm probably going to have to fight him because I'm like, it's just going to happen. So I was prepared for it anyway. And, my first shift of the game, as soon as I touched the puck, the whole crowd in Nottingham was booing. Like like Chara gets booed and different like used to get booed in rinks. Like it was it was bananas. Like and that's a big rink with a lot of people. So that kind of took me a little off guard, but so my adrenaline's kind of pumping, like go for my second shift. Here comes Jansen. He I'm like Get it over. I remember you, know? you saying to me, he was barking at you as, like the whole time, like we're doing this. And you were like, well, if we're doing it, let's just do it. No, he just came right over to me, that shift. And he didn't jump me or anything. Like, that's his job. He came over. Yeah. He's like, let's go. So let's get this over with. And literally, I am thinking back to my Brandon Sugden fight where I'm going to hang on for dear life, grab him and go to the ground. Similar to West Garth fight, I lived that through that because I just grabbed onto him and didn't really do anything. And I held on and bear hugged, and then we rolled around and went to the ground and lived to see another day. So that was my plan. Squaring off, I'm like, I'm just going to grab on. You know, I have no business fighting this guy. And then uh, I woke up in the dressing room talking to Franny and him trying to explain to me what, what the hell just happened. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. I watched it. Obviously, I saw the tape several times after. I can't believe it. I don't. Totally my fault. Like I'm swinging. I'm just like going toe to toe with him like an idiot. Like don't ask me what the hell I did. He must have hit me with one first. And no, I think you went to grab him. Like you missed him, but like you weren't holding on to him, and you guys just were swinging, and he hit you with one. And I know that was the stupidest thing I could have done ever. Like yeah, so that's 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 all on me, but. The tough part was I'd never, I didn't think I'd ever had a concussion before. 
Like I never had one diagnosed. And diagnosed, so, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. diagnosed so. back in now, our day. <laughs> now, knowing what we know now, I probably had a few, but you never, you just didn't know you had one. And um, yeah, the frustrating part was just being basically wrecked my year. Like I was out for like months and I thought it'd be a, I thought it'd be two or three weeks and, and back and Bob's your uncle. That's, that's uh, pretty much the career. The one thing I have to say, I see it all the time where I'll see stuff written here and there. And it's like, Oh, like Marsh had to retire because he got knocked out. Like I was retiring anyway. Like that wasn't why, like that was, that was my last year uh, just to go and have a fun one more year. And then I was retiring. Like, that wasn't yeah. No, I why. actually thought it was really awesome that you did make it back that year. Um, it was hard for me because I was <clears throat> so close with you the, the, like through the time. And then when that happened, it's like, you don't really know how to how reach out. You don't really know what to say to people when they're hurt. And like, especially with the head concussions and like a guy sitting at home and you hear like, you don't know, there's lots of different stories, but like there's the guys that can't turn on the TV, can't look mm-hmm. at a phone and you're like, well, do I text them? I can't really yeah. go over there and see them. And it's like, what do I do? Like, I want to be a friend, but you're like, I don't even know what to do. Right. Yeah. That's tough. No, toughest thing. I never, to be honest, never really had bad headaches or anything it was just my uh my eyes my eyes just started bugging me whenever i do stuff my eyes would kind of get sore and so that's what made me think i was still like really concussed long story short but again back to the unreal owners we had like in todd um lordo recommended the guy that he sees in vancouver and they flew me to vancouver like you can believe that it paid for the whole thing, put me up in a hotel for a week in Vancouver to go see this guy for like a whole week straight. That was during the season, right? During the season. It was like February. Um, so flew from London all the way to Vancouver, go see this guy for a week and flew back. And this guy, like he he was unbelievable. Like he's probably retired now because he was getting close to retirement then, but he works on he worked on all kinds of guys in the NHL and stuff. He um he figured out quickly. He's like, Oh, it's all in your neck. He's like, you're not even concussed anymore. You're over your concussion probably within a couple of weeks. It's like all your neck's buggered up. And he worked on my neck for a couple of weeks and my eyes felt better right away. So I was like, boom, I'm ready to go. But then of course you're nervous. You think, okay, like I've, maybe I got to be careful here. So it's still like kind of eased myself back in, but. Um, lucky enough, things are okay. I didn't have to retire, you know? Yeah. So, so everything's fine there. You're good now. Good to go. Obviously I don't want to go like get knocked out again. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I don't think in our day to day life now, we're going to go fight Cam Jansen. No, (laughs) no, I don't think I'll be doing that. I know I haven't thrown any fisticuffs in the last few months, but, um, yeah, I, I, I just don't see it in our future. Cam Jansen trying to fight us. Um, it was a different life we used to live, right? Yeah. The funny part now is, I don't know. I, I still, I still kind of chuckle because like now and I live a totally different life. Like I totally I, like different. It's, it's, and what I find so funny is like, 
and which I'm fine with, but like you go, everybody in your, I sit with at work, like some people know I used to play hockey. Some people don't know I used to play hockey. Like it's kind of, and guys will, and they'll bring up hockey players and they'll talk about this guy and that guy. And, and or they'll talk about, uh, you know, Carlo Koliakovo who's on the radio now here all the time. He's on every day. He's on TSN. He's awesome. He's on every morning. So I hear him every morning. And people will be talking about him, and I'm, and I'm thinking in the back of my head, yeah, I used to play with him. <laughs> a little different background than the rest of you guys. But, um, but then, uh, so Carlo, because he played in St. Louis, he knows Cam Jansen really well. So he has him on the show all the time. Like, I think he comes on like once a week in oh, the dear. morning. So, like, once a week, I'm on my way driving to work. And, <laughs> and you got to listen to him. Good gosh. He's good. He's funny and stuff. It just brings, it just takes yeah, you back. Yeah, sure. Well, way. maybe this is your first step towards two L's and hockey tales instead of what, listening to that garbage yeah. and Cam Jets. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> now you can support the pod and your drive to work, eh? Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> um, Okay, well, I'm trying to think. I don't know, like, if we got anything else. Like, we've talked about basically everything, like the ownership change in Cardiff, us doing gag balls together, your whole journey. Do you got anything else for me before we shut down the uh, the episode here? I want to know what's new with you. What's new with Wally? With me? Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, I want to know. I'm sure you've told us. That's after hours before. recording. So that's nothing. The, the, these, pods aren't, <laughs> <laughs> these pods aren't about me. I'll tell you what's going on after hours. Well, things are good. We're, uh, yeah, like you say, it's just uh, totally, it's like a totally different life all of a sudden. Like you, you do one thing for forever and that's all you ever want to do. And, um, and then it switches like that. And it switches. And we did it at the same time together. And I remember yeah. text, we would do, we do a couple feeler texts, like every six months, like, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, at the same time, we were both trying to get jobs. Oh, yeah. Figure out, figure yeah. out what the hell we're going to do with our life. You got a <laughs> and, job yet? Nope, me either. <laughs> <laughs> Don't work for a carpenter for cash. Yeah, no, I did learn how to build tables to the point where I did sell a couple. boy. Yeah, a couple shelves, too. I was nice. a woodworker there for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, then I, you know, what what's new with me is just the kids. This is actually what's new. I, I feel like nice. I'm back. Um, like you said, you're in a completely different life, a completely different thing. And I've really struggled with it. I... I found it for a little bit, but kind of with the Ripley Wolves, but I didn't actually want to play the games. I didn't actually want to get hit. I didn't want to play hockey. Um, this is kind of like, I guess I've found like Wally again. Cause I wasn't, I, I just feel better. I'm happier. I'm, I'm talking to hockey guys again. I feel like I'm back in the game, but I also can do my normal job and mm. I just do this at night and I figured out how to be efficient with it, that I, it doesn't take up too much time. I just need to go on chat with you fellas. I'm not going to tell awesome. everybody. I'm not going to tell everybody how to do it because then everybody else do it. <laughs> but anyways, it's, not it's everybody it. can, not everybody can do it like you. 
Well, you just, you, I learned how to be efficient with it, that it's not taking up that much time, but like, it's like tonight, like the kids went to bed and I was like, well, what am I going to do? Watch an NHL playoff game that I actually don't care who's going to win mm-hmm. or do I get on and get to know Tyson Marsh even more than I already knew him? But now this is documented for your kids, for your wife. Like now they know the whole story. And I don't know. I just, I really like it. It's awesome, buddy. No, you're, you're totally true. Cause you feel like you're, uh, you're just dad all the time. You're not Wally anymore. You're just dad, which is no. great. And it has obviously amazing parts to it as well. You just, you're not, uh, not the same. You don't have that time to be, yourself and just hang out with your your own friends and and obviously right now makes it even worse like and i know a lot of people are struggling now especially like this is not helping anybody so no and that's it's just that's that's yeah nobody's having fun with everything that's going on but like i (laughs) sorry folks i didn't mean to say that (laughs) didn't mean to rub it in i did not mean to rub it in but like i got to catch up with tyson marsh tonight and i didn't text him until like it was after lunch and i'm like yeah, thanks for the I, heads up well, yeah and that's what you said you're like thank thanks but no thanks and i'm like <laughs> I, I i need you tyson i need you i need you because we're gonna break the record this week we only need three if we got tyson marsh the captain of the team that turned it all around that's all i needed um and uh, i think this week you know what if we go back to back to back jacks with all devils, who knows if uh, spitting chicklets will be number one next week. We don't know. We're going to need the card of devils to decide that the, the fans that are, were in the big blue tent back in the day with us. Right. When you know, what awesome. I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm there right now, dude, seriously. Doesn't it bring you back in time to like, think about this stuff. Like you do start living a different life and you don't talk about it. And like, and like, it's like you say, the guys in the cubicle next door and you're like, well, I want to tell them about it, but like, I don't want to sound ridiculous, but mm-hmm. like, I don't really, I don't really think I should say everything I've done or talk about it. So you know what? I'm just going to go to my shed and have a podcast so I can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much, pretty much bang on. No, I was doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's hard to like when you've experienced some things and you're like, oh, I've seen that or I've done that. You're like, oh, I should just shush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just don't want to be that guy that's telling stories all day and trying to act like I'm big shot because I'm absolutely not that. I totally the, know. Sitting in the same cubicle as that guy. So what does it matter? We're all sitting here together. It, yeah. It, it's just experiences we were lucky enough to have because we got the opportunity. Right. And like, it's uh, I I don't know. I think it's really cool. We got to talk about this and it's documented now and I can't thank you enough for coming on. Like I do miss you, dude. And I miss those days. I miss, I miss going to the Met with you. I miss Hoth. I miss our time together. Like, like the whole time is just like, life keeps going and you start getting into different things and you do different things. And then you got different friends and you're doing different things. And it's like, well, I had a lot of special times in my life and my time with you was special, man. I really enjoyed it. I miss it too, buddy. And I, 
I appreciate it. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. It, it feels like yesterday and you just, you just feel like you're right back there. What's funny is you were saying that, like, I think, I feel like us back playing in Cardiff was like last year. But then I think of my first year working my new job. I feel like that was a thousand years. I feel it was forever ago. But playing hockey just feels like it was yesterday. Like it is. Weird it is weird. Like yeah. Like I for how much I've learned and what I'm doing <laughs> work is absurd. Um, but like you just keep learning each day, and you you're getting into different things, and you're not just going to practice every day and strap it on the gag ball and trying to be in shape. You're learning about different things and doing different things. It's just life is different now we got more shit cooking no and it's just uh you know i talk about with my other friends everywhere anytime i do actually get to talk to them which is very rare but just uh it's um you 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 it's you lose touch like it's so hard when you're so busy with everything you've got going on on a day-to-day basis it's hard to like you feel like you, you wake up you're like i haven't talked to anybody in like six months like i hope they still think we're friends like you know, like, <laughs> then you start I hope, a podcast <laughs> i hope they don't think i don't like them anymore or something i'm just you know you, you're in the grind and i some you know, it was i think it was mac mac falcon's dad told us some really good advice one time and he was just like when we first had when we first had kids like our first our first born and he's like don't get don't get too frustrated about this time in your life he's like this is this is your grind it's like this is the hardest one of the hardest times in your life you're you're just starting out in your careers trying to work hard and extend your career and you have young kids at home he's like no other time in your life is harder than this right now so don't beat yourself up about you know not keeping in touch with people because everybody's in the same boat well and like look at the thing is is not keeping in touch is one thing we're all busy we all got a lot going on. Um, but the thing is, is like doing this, none of us change, man. We're all the same. This is just like, <laughs> this is just like we're sitting at the Met. How, how, what, that's a seven, six, seven years ago now, I guess. I don't no, know. Is it really? Is it? I don't yeah. know. It's 2014, 15. So well, we, this, we were this masters a... of business in 2015, sir. Oh my goodness. That is. This is the fifth year. Was this the fifth winter we weren't playing, right? I something like that. But like it it just all happens fast, man. When I look yeah. at pictures of the kids when them in Cardiff, it's like, wow, this is nuts. And it just all is happening so fast. And you get into this new world and this new life, and it's like everything you did before, it's like it never even really happened. It's all just in your brain. And now I got it documented for all my friends that like if their kids grow up someday and they're like, I want to hear like what my dad did. And I'm like, I got that for you. <laughs> Two whales and hockey tails. <laughs> Get, all right, Lachlan, awesome, you know, Lachlan, awesome. whenever you're ready. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> awesome idea. As soon as I heard you were doing it, I was like, I don't have the the uh energy to pull that off and do it all regularly but i'm like you will be fantastic at it 
<laughs> oh, thank you. I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just talking to my friends and if people want <laughs> they can, but it, apparently people are into That's what it. makes it good though. You're not uh, trying to be somebody you're not. Well, apparently um, my friends are interesting, which I knew they were. Cause like, look at your life and look at what you're doing now and like everything you went through to get there and to get your education when you're, um, I guess what you'd call a major junior player <clears throat> that signed uh, younger and probably like most guys that age, if you're signing an NHL contract before 18, they're never even thinking about finishing school and whatnot. But you know what, dude, I am really proud of you for doing what you did. And then now you're a, you're, you have your MBA in project management and, uh, you know what, we did it together and it was fun and we made it fun and working hard like that and getting shit done. It can be what, however you want to look at it. You want it to be miserable and act like your job sucks and everything you do is too busy or do you have fun when you go to class and do the papers and do all the stuff? Like we had fun when we did it, right? We made it fun. It was awesome. I'd go yeah. back in a heartbeat. Just go right and do it over again. Double MBA, is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll sign us anymore, Tyson. Their new players are a little better than us. Yeah, they're looking pretty good. <laughs> the resumes are a little different than ours, but hey, we got in. We got in there when we did. <laughs> we got in and out. <laughs> All right. And that has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Masters of Business, Tyson Marsh. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Santa Claus. I'm like Pizza Towns and I'm